Welcome to the Culture Classroom, a podcast for teachers and coaches by teachers and coaches. Listen to top leaders, innovators, and influencers share their stories about how intentional culture elevates performance. Now, here are your hosts, John Weaver and John Torrey. Let's get better together. Hey, welcome back to the classroom. And Coach Weaver, we always start like staff meetings and PLCs up here with a celebration. And I want to start it off with you. I mean, you're running the SIP down there, literally, figuratively, like just all roads come through MRA for track cross country. So big congratulations to you from another state title this weekend. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, it was one of those things that um, had some adversity on Saturday, but came through and we won our fourth straight and our sixth title title in uh, eight years, which is pretty fun. Um, Like you said, running the SIP, uh, one of the craziest events to do uh, to win a state championship in, I think, is is track and field because, one, uh, there's 18 events over a two-day period, and there's 44 spots that you have to fill. Uh, And getting all that to go right, and then you put teenagers in that (laughs) whole equation, it adds – a whole other dynamic, but to say that we've won even one is awesome. But uh, thankful for our kids. Uh, they compete really hard and uh, have awesome coaches on our staff that uh, pour into those kids as well. But it was fun. It's always fun winning. Well, there's a reason we don't do very many podcasts during uh, track and field season. Like, you are swamped constantly. And, uh, yeah, it's always good to see the fruits of your labor pay off. And, and again, when you do what's right for people – then people perform accordingly. So uh, big congratulations to you guys again. And that leads us into today's topic where we're going to talk about being bent, right? Like bending, but not breaking. Right. Um, you know, if you're familiar with Skip Bertman, he has the, the, the nickel, the nickel demonstration, I think is what it is. And we'll play it for you. It's like a minute and a half clip. We'll play it for you here in the podcast here in a minute. But I gave that to our kids on a golden spike night. So we do golden spike night where we take out all the, the spikes they wore on their shoes through the whole season, we take out and we give them gold ones, which I think is really cool. And um, the conversation went, don't be bent, or you are going to be bent, but it was all around a penny. And when you talk about a penny, there's not very a lot of worth in that, but when you start putting 22, 23, 24 guys together, those things add up. And we told our guys, like, you're going to be bent. It's a two-day event. There's two – there's too many things that can go right, and there's too many things that can go wrong over those two days. And um, that was my challenge to them is don't be bent. And when you are bent, that it doesn't break you. And a lot of times um, those things never happen, right? You, you give a coach speech, and they're like, yeah, 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 it's just coach talk and all that. But when we were pouring into them, the highs and the lows, we just compared to being bent. And I'll be darned if Saturday – we have a 25-and-a-half-point lead, first event. We have the best hurdle in the state of Mississippi. Uh, gets disqualified for hooking a hurdle. Right, wrong, indifferent. He was DQ'd. It's not appealable. Uh, can't change it. Move on. Well, then, you know, we circled the wagons, and I was like, hey, we got the 4 by 2 coming up. We'll be fine. Let's get it around. DQ again. <laughs> so, to make it interesting, we had a 25-and-a-half-point lead that turned into a 12-and-a-half-point lead really quick. And, um, wow, you talk about being bent. So the guys, I walk up there, and we had parents, you know, showing videos to the kids of, like, you didn't hook this hurdle. You really weren't out of bounds. You really weren't out of the exchange zone. You blah, blah, blah. Everything going on and on and on. And I just stopped them. I was like, I don't want to see another parent. I don't want to hear another player. I don't want to hear another coach talk about, oh, we could have changed this or you didn't do this. I said, it's over. 
and you can't change it. So you can gripe and moan for the next five minutes if you want. But after that, you have to say three words. Can't change it and move on. And uh, I kind of gave them that, you know, where it's the Martin Luther King, right? How, how man stands in comfort and all that versus where he stands in adversity. And I said, you have two streets. One, you can let this law hold you over and it'll cost you a state championship. Or you can go back to what our program's built on and that's working hard and going after and just grabbing your lunch bill, going to work and go run your races. And that's what they did. Very proud of one of our guys I'll get to in a second. But, you know, that's, that's one of those things, like a very simple metaphor of don't be bent or you're going to be bent, just don't break. With the Pro Quick Draw and Quick Cut integration, you are able to seamlessly incorporate drawings, data, and video between the two platforms. Start by adding a PQD template, select plays from your library, then to access your Quick Cut media, select the Quick Cut Play Library button. From here, I can navigate my cut up and select the playlist that I want to use. You can choose whichever data you want to view, and then you can even sort and filter that within here. Next, I'm going to add a one-up to this diagram and hit the add button. From here, I can double click my video and drop in that cut up. And then if I wanted to, I could add another playlist, add another play, creating a new PowerPoint slide, and then I can simply double click and add another piece of video. When ready to create your presentation, go up to the Quick Cut tab and choose Upload Playbook as New Playlist. Select the cut up folder that you would like to use, name your presentation, and hit Upload. When completed, open up Quick Cut. Navigate to the folder that you uploaded it to, and now you can see there's the generic PowerPoint slide, here's our one PQD slide, and there's the video. Yeah, like last night when we talked a little bit um, just about the state track meet and about your experience, there's a couple things that come to my mind. Uh, the first is uh, Nick Saban's mentality for adversity, right? Which is, so what, now what? Mm. Like, And the other thing is, is that if you don't have adversity, does your championship really mean anything? Correct. You know, is there are there any stories worth <clears throat> telling? You know, especially when you've had so much success in the last 20 years, uh, when you've won four in a row, like... Does does 2023 feel any different than 2022 or 2021 or 2020 if there's no adversity? So I love that that side of things. Um, yeah, and I just think that it, it's great. It's all about how we respond, right? The E plus R equals O mentality. That's all that it is. It's can you keep your kids competing? And I think about those two events that you got DQ'd in. If they go out and your times are your times, so everyone knows there's no real secrets in track, right? It's all about how you run, and some kids can run faster one day or slower, but it's generally within just a fraction of a second, better or worse. But if you win those events, now you got a 37-point lead, right? right? So to watch it dwindle, like you would have ran away with it. And in the end, you ran away with it anyway, so it wasn't even close anyway. But I think those are the battle-tested moments that really give you great stories for – Hey, remember when, when we completed that third and 31, you know, yeah. or hey, remember when we were down uh, nine points with a minute and a half to go and we found a way to win the game. I, that's the stuff that you remember and talk about for decades. Yeah, we had, you know, we had coaches panic uh, trying to load up the next relay. And I was just, you know, it's moments like that that I think coaches where the kids look at coaches, like how is our coach responding to the stimulus that was applied? where the stimulus at that point was, um, one would say might be a witch hunt, like two events, two DQs, like are they coming after us, are they doing this? And I think that's gonna help kids 
in the long run of like when things don't go my way, how do I respond? Other people are watching me. What does that look like in my life? How did I respond to it? What is the event? What's the stimulus that caused that? And virtually, I mean, what was the outcome? The outcome was we won, but uh, so many times that's just a small percentage. Sometimes you don't win. You don't win. Yeah. And and you look at that and you're like, what I learned from that? Well, it's you might not know today. You might not know. And we've talked about this in two months, two years, or two decades. You might not even find out why you learned that lesson. We have five nickels who represent 25 guys in the team. Boy, they're easy to stack, aren't they? Well, you can put them right one on top of one another, and you can get all 25. Not much of a problem. We can stay together. We can be one. But, boy, if you have one guy bent out of shape, not in the system, some guy who's not with it, I guess we could carry him for a while. If you had two guys, maybe we can carry maybe two guys like that. But they can offer no foundation, you see. If they're bent out of shape, there's no chance that we're going to be able to get on top of these guys. There's no chance that they can help any of us. If we try and put them in the middle, see, and then we try and stack some guys on the guys, but they're bent out of shape, their attitudes are different than the rest, that's not going to happen, boys. You can't be bent out of shape. You've got to be with the team. You've got to remember the nickel demonstration. I'll tell you about Matt Perkins. Uh, he was the one that caused us to get disqualified, sophomore, ran one event last year as a freshman for us, ran the mile relay, had five events this year. And caused us to get DQ'd. He was the one that lined up out of the exchange zone wrong. Um, then we run the four by one, we get the baton first, and he gets hawked down and loses by two one hundredths of a second, you know, one of those split seconds. So he's two races in, and it hadn't gone like he wanted. And uh, he was our 100-meter dash guy, comes in number four seed and runs a 10-9 and finishes second, you know. And to see the resiliency come back, and then he runs the 200, is a podium finisher, and then uh, runs the second leg of our mile relay. And just seeing him kind of bounce back, it's going to pay dividends for him in football season coming up of, hey, when things are stacked against me, I can still keep working. Like, you just got to keep clawing out uh, and keep doing your best work. And that's all anybody can ever ask. And coaches that are listening to this, like we're not asking kids to go perform, you know, superhuman stuff. Go do what you've been trained to do and go give your best effort. And if, if the best is third place, the best is third place. If it's eighth, it's eighth. If it's winning it, it's winning it. So I think a lot of times we have these moments and they define us. And I mean, are you defined by a DQ? Do they hurt? Absolutely. But you got to move on past it. Yeah, and I mean, I think it's the greater good, right? Like, I'm reading Randall Cunningham's book right now, uh, and it's his autobiography published in 1993. Like, um, and I love it because it's a little bit of, like, nostalgia, a little bit of yesteryear. And Randall Cunningham, it's interesting that you say Sam Perkins as a sophomore because that sets up for future events that we don't even know what's going to happen yet. I mean, you're talking about football, but really we're talking about the, the undisclosed things that are going to happen over the course of his lifetime. And Randall Cunningham was recruited highly out of uh, high school. Uh, his brother played at USC, so everyone thought that was going to be, you know, and this is the early 1980s, so USC was in the Rose Bowl all the time. Um, and everyone thought that was just a slam dunk. And he ended up going to UNLV. And his freshman year, he was on the JV team, back when they still had a JV, a freshman schedule. So for those of you of a certain age that can remember college football days like that, 
That was Randall Cunningham. And at the end of his freshman year at UNLV, he ended up making travel squad, but no significant minutes, no playing time. Uh, and then his coach left or was fired or however that went from UNLV after his freshman year. So the whole idea was you're going to play freshman JV ball and then you're going to be the starter as a sophomore. Well, then his coach leaves. They bring in another coach and they're going to redshirt him. And they go through all this camp and the new coach says, Randall, you're going to we're going to redshirt you. We don't know what to do with you. And they go out and they get destroyed by BYU that first game. And the coach makes comments to the press after the game of, well, we're going to open up the quarterback job again. And even four string Randall Cunningham is not out of the equation. And for Randall, that's all he needed, right? Like he needed that one bit to believe that, hey, there's a glimmer of hope here. Hey, we are going to be okay. And from there, he went out and he won the starting job. And uh, then he was a three-year starter and one of the most decorated players in uh, UNLV run rebel history. Um, but I think it's a great story. And of course, you know, people of a certain age, like you and I, we remember Randall Cunningham and, and his glory years with the Eagles. And what would he do in the NFL today? Oh, I mean, goodness. it would be it would be insane. Right. But again, it's it's that sophomore year when you take that, when you're teetering on, are we going to bend and break or are we going to bend and fix ourselves and right the ship a little bit? And that that two paths analogy, the you know, the I walked through the forest, the Robert Frost thing and two paths diversion of wood. What path are you going to take? I think that's really powerful and uh, it has so many different applications. Yeah. That's so I, when you're talking about the glimmer of hope, I keep thinking about Dumb and Dumber when he's here. Like, so you're telling me I have a chance. Absolutely. You know, we talking more like what out of a 10 or no, more like what out of a million, Lloyd. <laughs> it's like, so you're telling me I have a chance. Um, but I think that's so true, though, that sometimes you just need that glimmer. You just need that little piece to get you recharged and get you going again. And uh, I don't know, we start spring ball today. Holy cow. You know, so mind shift from track to spring ball and I got a whole new crew of receivers and they're going to be looking for that glimmer of hope of like, can I be one of the starting four? And today it starts for them. But uh, I'm going to have that same motto though. Like, look, things are going to bend you in life. You know, something's going to happen at home. Something's going to happen uh, in athletics. Something's going to happen in a class that you take and you study really hard for a test and you don't get the grade that you thought you should get. Uh, and you're going to be bent. You're be, like the whole thing, bent out of shape, right? You've heard of that, yeah. bent out of shape. Yeah. Well, here's what's great. Like, first of all, I, I relate to bent because in college, our defense was really good. Our offense struggled. Like, we had moments that were explosive, and then we had moments where it was three and out. We couldn't get anything going. Um, and so our motto for our defense was bend, don't break. And so we would give up drives that would go all the way to the red zone, and then the other team would come away with no points. And then our offense would go out, and they'd be a three and out, and be like, oh, man, after a nine-minute drive, we're back on the field. Thanks, offense. You know, those kind of things. But Ben don't break, and it kept us in a lot of ball games. And um, I think about Jocko Willink, and I think about his motto of good, right? Like, good. I'm bent. Here's the great part about being bent, though, and uh, this is where coaches uh, stacking nickels and whatever the, the analogy you're saying. If I give you a $100 bill, you're all going to take it. If I give you a $100 bill and I rip it up, it's still good. As long as you have more than 50% of the bill, that, that is what our treasury deems as uh, redeemable money, right? If I dump it in a, in a pile of cow manure, it's still $100. So a bent nickel is still worth exactly what its value is. And I think that's a great lesson. Yeah. That's great stuff. We'll have to get going again. Now that track season's over, we can start recording a little bit more. And you have a ton of material uh, as we 
finish up season 10 and we go into season 11. Got some cool guests going to come on. And it's uh, about it. That's fun. Yeah, just think, just things from the lab, right? Like we're that's constantly it. in the lab. And so uh, our best work, and again, we say it all the time, but it still is yet to be done. So uh, bend, don't break for all you culture builders out there, for all you people looking to give your team a, a mental edge. Bend, don't break. Thanks for listening to the Culture Classroom. And uh, we'll be back with more content coming soon. Thanks for listening.